It's the Tiltcast, episode 411, The Sigh. And this week, guys, we talk more Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Battletech. We talk Monster Hunter World, Iceborne, Wolfson, and Urtech the Destroyer. Stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah. Woo, it's the tilt cast. We're back. And it is 9.53 p.m. on February 21st. This is the second episode after our game of the year of 2019. Um, I'm Nos. I'm Jason. I'm Rusty. Together you're going to get about 30 minutes of bullshit. Bullshit. And then you're going to get some games and some news. Um, the other Terrible. thing too is uh, it's an M-rated show, so if you don't like the cursing, word "fuck," you're probably out of luck. The fucking fuck word. <laughs> so, regardless, um, yeah, we're here to talk about some games and some things and stuff and stuff and things and things and shit. And stuff. So, yes, so. we've been. Pretty sleep deprived. All of us, really. Yeah, for various reasons. Some of them very personal. Um, so it's been a really interesting week. I might be a little games light. In light of all this, though, um, I thought we'd start off with some things that are great. Because, you know, Amazon has some of the best reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, did. yes. Uh, so there's a really cool keyboard on on uh, Amazon made by a company. Just Finger quotes. Them. And cool. No, it looks cool. As it shit. looks cool, but it's. I, I've seen the fucking like actual like w- working review of this keyboard, and it's not cool. <laughs> no, there is no working review of this keyboard because they're all joke reviews because nobody can afford it. It is called the Sojourner keyboard, and it is sixteen hundred dollars plus yep. fifteen dollars shipping. Um, I, I I believe the one dude in the entire world that had one at one point said it's all right. So, would any of you like to venture uh, what some of these questions were? Um, does it wipe your ass? I uh, don't have one of those. Okay. All right. So, here's first question. I mean, it should give you a reach around for 1600 bucks. So. Should I get this or should I wait for the $1 million keyboard? Oh, I mean. I hear it has top-of-the-line flux capacitors filled with unicorn nut juice. Really? Yeah. Well, answer. I mean. I bought 405 of these things just to siphon out the unicorn nut. After all of the investment, I've made over four fifty-three times over. I won't lie. I got a little bit on my lip, but it kind of tastes like warm strawberry milk on a warm night in the North Pole. <laughs> the keyboard was melted down to make fancy toothpicks to impress all of my classy, sassy friends and second cousins. Uh, anyway, I'm saving up for the one-button keyboard. <laughs> wow. <laughs> warm strawberry and this continues to go honestly you should stick with the $1,000 model the unicorn nut juice is used as a lubricant with the fellatio attachment that ships with a $1 million unit well the nut juice is a great lubricant the manufacturer made this fellatio attachment out of bronze this does make for a visually stunning masturbatory aid but even the nut juice cannot compensate for the poor choice material it continues Stick with a $1 million version. Not only does it include the patented unicorn nut juice lubricant, but it comes with cutting-edge artificial urination technology, as until recently uh, recently used exclusively by billionaire residents. Don't listen to the other reviews. They're fake. 
Wow. I'll be definitely waiting for the line flux capacitor model. It'll be a nice gift for my wife's birthday. We can always refinance the house. You only live once. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to keep going. All right. No, unless you only have or already have or plan to buy the gold and diamond-encrusted Apple iMac Platinum, now available in rose gold, the million-dollar keyboard won't work with anything else. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. Is it Apple compatible, though? That's I guess a, it is. That's a question. That's a question. You, you go, you go that balls deep into it and find out that it's like it 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 doesn't have lightning port, <laughs> right? Yeah, it doesn't have lightning yeah. port. Uh, let me go to other reviews because that was just one question. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, unicorn nut juice aside. So, listen, if I'm going to pay $1,000 for a keyboard, would it be too much to ask for more than just one picture? No. An answer. Apparently, the seller is driving DeLorean or has a TARDIS, possibly both, that uses it to travel through time. You asked your question four years ago, according to the timestamp. The seller responded five years ago. Are we sure they aren't a McFly, Brown, or the Doctor? Ooh. This is pretty witty. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it does. I mean, this this keyboard, though, I mean, if you look it up, it's... Well, um, well, here's more. Uh, Will this keyboard get me laid? Also, um, if you were to buy this, could the customer request the keys to come in a different font? I, what do you want? Comic Sans? Uh, uh, the font's in cursive. Oh, the font is in cursive. Yes, on the keyboard. Oh, shit. I mean, that right there is going to get you laid. <laughs> in the picture, the letters K and L are switched. Do we need to type accordingly? Did the guy assembling the keyboard just make a mistake? Wow. Damn. This is an immaculate piece. If you place both index fingers on the F and U keys, it autocorrects your spelling and what your mind truly wanted to communicate. This alien technology can only be found on this model. And to think it's only $1,000, you need to buy 10 of these bad boys. Like oh, yeah. Yesterday. Of course. One for, each. <laughs> One for each hand and a couple for your ass cheeks. Keep going. Uh, let me see. Let me see. <laughs> the, here's the crazy thing. Those were just the questions. Oh, yeah. That's the questions. The reviews. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there that's like, finger quotes, bought this thing. Right. Uh, if I spend $1,000 on a keyboard, it better bring me a beer, cook my dinner, cut the grass, give me the weather forecast, know how to play cards, answer as well as charge my cell phone, give me a massage, fetch my slippers, take out the trash, shop on Amazon, play retro video games, and come with a lifetime subscription to Sirius XM and have a built-in Bose speakers. Damn. Um, and I never knew what it was like to be so opulent and snooty just by typing a few keystrokes. Kiss my ring, peasants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a fucking keyboard, guys. You could get a, a keyboard that does the same damn thing for eight bucks at Walmart. Um, uh, yeah. yeah I'm actually, I'll go into that as well. So this is a seller's name, Datamancer. They're all handmade keyboards. Um, well, I don't care. <laughs> We're going to go with the more expensive version. So they have... Oh, they a, have a more expensive version than 1600? The Seafarer. The Seafarer? Yes. What, was it made from driftwood? It kind of looks like it was made from driftwood. Oh, my God. So they're, what these are are functioning art pieces is what they are. I don't fucking care if they're functioning art pieces. That's stupid pricing. It's crazy pricing. It's stupid. I, I don't care. I mean, I could put a keyboard circuit board and keycaps down into anything and call it a fucking keyboard, right? 
All they're doing is basically taking a fucking a bog standard goddamn membrane keyboard, probably throwing fancy keycaps on top of it and putting it into a a handmade enclosure of some sort, and fucking selling it for about uh, I don't know, like a thousand percent markup or more. So on the twenty six hundred dollar one, the uh, the seller gets involved. Oh yeah, yeah. Now these are not as funny, but the reviews are funnier. Okay. So, how many of these keyboards do I get for $1,650? And remember, it's $2,600. They're fully aware that this is an expensive piece of equipment and not for the average buyer, but time and extensive handwork that we go into make it a lifetime investment. We do offer a number of keyboards that are substantially less expensive. Oh, a a lifetime investment? Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Is this thing really 12 pounds? Yes, I know that it is real brass and brass is heavy. Uh... They they made the keyboard out of solid brass. Does it make old-timey clickety-clack sound? Yes. The combination of clicky switches and typewriter-style keycaps do have a similar, if not same, sound. Oh, yeah. No, that was that was, that was was a cop-out. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, well, we use, like, good switches and, like, keycap things. Now, the reviews are more sarcastic than this. I'm only giving it four stars because after I spent fifteen ninety nine ninety nine of my sixteen hundred and four ninety nine computer budget on this keyboard, <laughs> I only have $5 left over for a keyboard, so instead of buying a MacBook, I can only afford a Raspberry Pi Zero, but it looks super cool at Starbucks with this keyboard plugged into a Raspberry Pi with no screen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just doing some computing here. <laughs> God. I absolutely love this keyboard. It's velvety smooth, comfortable, and looks amazing on my desk. The weight keeps it from sledding when we hit a swell. The captain is seriously jealous. I dropped my cutlass on it without a scratch just last week, and it's even had water splash in it during a storm. No problems at all, so it's very durable. It's the only reason I'm giving it four stars, because sometimes the R sticks for no apparent reason worth the price. And if you lose your cutlass at any one point, you can pick it up and use it as a bludgeon. Right. (laughs) Poseidon will envy you when you touch into this masterpiece. Jellyfish will hang on your every word, and greedy crabs will sulk with envy. Yellow sponges will sing about your legacy every day for the rest of time. That's what my girlfriend told me anyways. (laughs) (laughs) It just... Let me... There is... What is the best one? I know there is... See, eight more reviews. Oh man, um, that there I was mean, I, there was one that I did see when I saw this earlier. This was one of those things where I had a really slow day at work, and <laughs> I was I was like I was hunting Amazon reviews, reviews, yeah, and I've been buying a lot of keyboards, so I started going through usually for to find this kind of stuff. Um, no joke, you can actually just find something ridiculous in a category that you're looking for. Usually, something priced ridiculous. Oh yeah. And people and, get savage. Yeah, of course. Well, for I mean, good reason. <laughs> I mean, I, the the most I've ever actually spent on a keyboard. I, I mean, eighty bucks here. Eighty bucks. Okay, mm-hmm. I spent two hundred. I found it. You found it. This is the last review we're gonna do. Okay. So that title title is a great keyboard, the best keyboard. Let me tell you, this thing is amazing. Let me tell you, I knew a few things about amazing, and this keyboard is definitely all of those things. Every time I touch this keyboard, my fingers feel bigly. That's my new word. Bigly. It's like strumming the fur on a Sasquatch's bottom. I have the best strokes, by the way, folks. The smoothest strokes. Bob Ross told me that my keystrokes are like his paint strokes, but better. And let me tell you, he's right. 
These hands here, people, <laughs> these not tiny hands are magical instruments that like to grab them by the p- pencil and write down my best thoughts from my big brain, my best brain. My head is so big, has its own brain. <laughs> Did you know that only my head has a brain like mine? Wow, that's really great. <laughs> wow. There's not a there's one serious review in the entire thing, and it's some guy talking about him knowing the designer personally and him never unwrapping it. I mean, that's almost as good as the. I mean, sugar-free gummy bears. That's Dude. what I'm telling. Once we discovered the Harborough sugar-free gummy bears, like I knew that this was a thing, and every now and then I'll go down a rabbit hole and just search Amazon reviews. What happened is little uh, little shorty pants here, Lola. The Wonder Dog. Lola the Wonder Dog. She's been cage-free now for about a month, and and lots of things have been eaten and destroyed, and I've gotten really... The last straw, which, you know, almost got on the edge of just just throwing in the towel, and I just couldn't because I love the dog so much, um, is she hasn't touched my keyboard and mouse at all, like, uh-huh. for whatever reason. Um, she chewed the extension cord, and I was like, okay, well, at least I got another one. Extend- I'll hide the US, extension, the USB, USB extension cord. Because I have, in my in my living room, I have the TV, and I have a small monitor that are hooked up to the computer. And the extension cord let me move the desk. I found a small laptop desk that I could move around the living room right. and sit anywhere. Anyways, so she chewed up that cord. I was a little bit upset, but I had another extension cord. So hooked it back up. Fine. Decided to move the extension cord when I wasn't home. Wasn't going to worry about it. Came home one day, like Tuesday, at uh, Monday at lunch, and um, the desk was knocked over. I was like, what's going on here? And then she's just passed out in the hallway, just all looking all angelic and puppy-like. Uh-huh. And right next to her head is my keyboard with most of the keys missing, the, key, the cord completely chewed off. The mouse cord completely chewed off. It was a Razer Naga. Yeah, I'm not a, the biggest Nate Razer guy, but that Naga mouse is not not the Naga. The it's the mobile one. It was a it was an eight button mouse. Right. Um, it was uh, Black Adder, I think. Is what yeah, it called. Whatever. Like it's that. a fifty dollar mouse. Right. And has really high DPI. And I just looked at it and I was like, "Fuck." She shit in alphabet now. Yeah. So. <laughs> I got on Amazon, and I was like, what am I going to do? I was like, I just have to go wireless. That's, just, that's what it is. And actually, there's a benefit to that. Um, I can put it in the drawer. She'll never see it when I leave. And it's pretty easy for me to do. And I started looking, and I was like, am I going to get a name brand, or am I going to go cheap? I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. We're going cheap. I went cheap. I went really cheap. I mean, I got a rye or re. It's R yeah. with three eyes. Yep. Um, that bad boy cost me seven dollars. Seven bucks. Man. I got a six button mouse, which also cost me seven dollars. Yep. I went and got Amazon Basics Triple A's, a pack of four for three ninety nine. I mean, and the whole thing with shipping and tax was nineteen dollars for batteries, keyboard, and mouse. I mean, when you and really, I got a mouse pad. I spent a dollar ninety nine. She ate the mouse you pad too. Splurged. On the, on the mouse pad. I, I will mean, tell you, though, it's a full-size keyboard. It's got a little bit of weight to it. Uh-huh. It doesn't clickety-clack like the old one did. It's, yeah, it's just gonna going to be a, ma- a membrane. I mean, this yeah. thing here. Yeah, it's... it's that, this a- this right here, so I'm using a Logitech, uh, you know, the Logitech uh, wireless setup for recording purposes, right? 
because I we already have enough fucking cables running around in the studio here. Yeah, we so, don't uh, so I was like, ah, I just want to f- have a, a wireless setup for here. And this costs like 20 bucks, just, just a keyboard and the mouse. I had to supply my own fucking batteries. So uh, you got the you, whole setup for, for you know, plus, net. yeah, for less, plus shipping. Yeah, you know, well, I have Prime. Well, but anyways, the the mouse, I'll actually say, is got three DPI settings. So it goes up to 3,200 DPI. It's still kind of, eh. I mean, considering the other one wireless mouse I have is sixteen hundred. I mean, that's what this is, I think. Yeah, and I try. I've got another wireless mouse that I used to use when I traveled more for work, and um, I just it couldn't cut it. It was so slow, even with me adjusting up the DPI settings with Windows, I just couldn't do it. I was like, I'm going to get something else. It works fine. I mean, it, I played. Um, I played some video games with it. I played some fast-paced video games with it. I mean, I'm not playing a, I'm not playing competitive Dota right now. Right. So for anything single player, and probably most things multiplayer, it's probably okay. Yeah, you're if probably you're not highly competitive. You and the games that you tend to play, you know, have, you know, are turn based or, or or something like that. So it's not like you have to do a whole lot of twitch movement. But I don't. There's no noticeable lag to me. Okay. I mean, and I played Mech Warrior, the actual. FPS game, right? With it, with zero issue, and it's pretty comfortable. Yeah, uh, there's there's some really good wireless like, options out there for uh, really for dirt keyboard. cheap. Yeah, like, keyboard and mice. I have a, I have a eighty dollar Logitech wireless setup for the PC at the house. I have zero input lag with that fucker. Yeah, I can't. I I can't actually bring myself to do it. I well, can't do. A, wireless I mean because you're so competitive i can't i i prefer well i'm really picky about my mouse you're so really picky about everything i i am i actually really am um keyboard that. uh <clears throat> keyboard a little less so i'd like to get a different keyboard i have a uh i have a black widow um and the uh I, I don't like the you know I don't like the keys, but I've dealt with it for fucking years now. Like I've had this thing for like five six years now. So, uh, you know, and every so often one of the keys will stick, like not physically stick, but it'll continue the input, uh, which drives me crazy because I'll hit like you know uh, I'll hit A like to turn left. Uh, and or strafe left, and when I release the key, my dude continues to strafe left, which really sucks sometimes. But well, I was gonna say with that being a cheaper wireless mouse, you would think it would be really light. Yeah, it has almost the same weight as my old mouse. Yeah, most of them just throw some weights in them, and yeah. you know, and and then they'll throw uh, if they throw weights in it. Watch it because like the next thing that they're gonna throw onto the name is for gamers. Uh, yeah, and, I specifically didn't look at any gamer gear, right? And because I knew there was stuff out there that would be functional for what I like do for gamers. I even so, me and a guy at work were, were having a really slow day today before we started doing training, and I was we were going through reviews, and we noticed because we were looking at some really cool ass mice, and then right underneath it, it was like the the same company makes some mice for like a hundred bucks, yeah. That are like covered in leather, 
Oh, well, why? I mean, with like brass. You need to like fucking like have, oh, it's supple. Yeah. It's like <laughs> a leather mouse. Seriously? Yeah, it's pretty weird. Okay. So right underneath that, Amazon think... kept advertising gamer mice for like six ninety nine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can get the fucking Mad Cats version of just about anything for PC. Honestly, though, I think where we're at with a lot of that gear, um, I think there's a lot of stuff marketed at us that's not necessary. I remember when I had that Naga mouse, yeah. and it ended up breaking after a while, and it had so many buttons. So it was a Mova mouse. Yeah. And if you remember, there was 12 butt thumb switches. Yeah. For all your WoW Did you use it? Uh, in WoW, somewhat. I ended up using the first six. Right. But after that, because it was like the two top rows, I could remember where they were. Right. But because there were so many buttons on one side, like just... after a while, my it would cramp my thumb. And I just still ended up using like one through six on the top of the keyboard plus that. Right. So. Yeah. I, I uh... And I don't play MMOs like I used to. Like really, six button mouse works perfect for me. Because that's Battletech, um, which is the primary game I needed the mouse for currently, uh, has six weapon uh, weapon things, right? Or six uh, slots, basically, for right. uh, presets that you can configure for any mech that you're in. And that's exactly all I need. Um, I'm trying to think. It says it's six buttons. One, two, three, four, five. You're thinking about it, right? So It has five buttons on it. The six buttons, a DPI button, and I don't want to assign a DPI button to something. Right. But there is no software to install. It just works. Yeah, of course. I mean, if you if you have just a, a standard uh, a standard setup, uh, a standard key, you know, a mouse, Windows actually will, will map certain things by default to uh, what would be considered a standard mouse. with two buttons, a scroll wheel. The scroll wheel is a button itself. And then and there's, then a there's two, back. like yeah, yeah, the forward and back. And that just really just does the forward and back on normal web pages by default in Windows. Um, and that's really, that's the kind of mouse that I use because I don't need all those extra buttons. I don't need I the I think MMO if I mouse. was going to get a little bit crazier with it, I'd want two extra buttons, like another button for like my my um, my middle finger, whatever finger that is. This this yeah, finger, right that finger, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, Take a good look at it, sir. But I'll tell you, you know what? <laughs> for and I'll get into the games themselves. I mean, I played Urtok the Desolation. I played Wilson with it. I played Mech Warrior with it. Um, I played uh, was it? Something twenty nine Contagion twenty ninety nine. Okay. Um and I played all of those games with this mouse. The only ones really needing any twitch movement was Wilson and um uh Mech Warrior. Yeah. And I didn't notice much in the way other than it was a little bit lower DPI than what I had with the Razor mouse that I spent forty four more dollars for. Right. You end up getting a you and know that was wired, so so they throw a bunch of extra technology into the wireless shit nowadays and uh and a lot of it is just like a higher uh like a higher accuracy or a higher uh cycle rate for the uh uh for the eye. Uh for well not necessarily for the eye, because DPI is DPI, but it's the communication between the mouse and the Bluetooth receiver. Yeah, if you need to get competitive, is that a five gigahertz mouse? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. These are right two point. Hand. These are two point four gigahertz, which right. is it is 
slower. Well, that there's that's a little. There's bit probably different. like a thirty-three millisecond lag on it or something. Yeah, and and there's a uh, there's a technology. I think it's a Logitech technology. If I'm uh, don't quote me on it, but the uh, the Bluetooth has a much higher polling rate, so it will uh, it will detect your movement much faster, which reduces the lag from a wireless uh, setup. Most people can't detect the difference between th- those style wireless, uh, you know, mice and uh, a traditional USB mice or mouse uh, mice. Mice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah but I'm I'm at a point like I'm gonna try Doom before Doom Eternal comes out and try to beat that again. And I'll Good game. Pro- probably play that on this. Probably I, I don't have a choice. I yeah. will be playing it on this mouse. Yeah, yeah for sure. Keyboard setup. Um, I I just went. Uh, I mean, I, I have a a, a a specific thing. I had I, I have extra mice. I have like two, two or three. I have a Corsair with the sniper button. I, I forget what the name of it is, but it's a Corsair and it has a big red sniper button, which basically, you know raises the dpi to stupid level so that you can like do fine tuning on your snipes um i found that it was not very comfortable for my hand and the sniper button i don't play any games that really use that so well i mean i also got one of those standing mouses for work yeah the the one that's like ergonomic yeah it my hand like a handshake sits just about 20 degrees to the left. My right hand sits about 20 degrees to the left of a handshake. Yeah. Um, but it is really weird for gaming. I'll tell you that because you got to move your whole fucking arm. Yeah. yeah. It's not, and it, it, it's comfortable now at work. Mm-hmm. Not, still not comfortable with gaming. It requires no. me to sit a certain way. Right. And that's not how, but I've been gets. using it at work because <laughs> it's helping me not have mouse hand when I get home. Uh, that's true. I mean, I, I don't, I don't normally have that much of an issue, but then again, I mean, I'm always like, I'm using a screwdriver more than I'm using a mouse anymore. So, so with that launch pad, <laughs> right. To start off the show, you guys got anything weird or funny this happened this uh, week? Fuck. I mean, Jason, you want to, you want, you got anything? I'm a normal dude. So. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> I spent like five hours total between last night and this evening before coming over here trying to get around a factory reset protection on a Galaxy tab that came into my wife's store. I heard about this. So, I mean, his wife actually, you know, we were talking about Amazon, right? And, you know, they get... Uh, Amazon returns. They get Amazon returns. So you can buy these, you know, these places will go out and buy pallets of returns. And they're either new or basically new returned product. But Amazon just, you know, throws them into a pallet and sells them bulk, right? So these pallets are just fucking like loaded with literally everything, right? Yeah. Uh and every so often, she'll find a fucking gem inside there. And this Galaxy Tab is like a $450 fucking tablet. Yeah, it's one of the newer, like, S5e tablets. Yeah, it's um, fairly decent size. But if you get it working, I've got something for it that I'm going to bring up afterwards. Uh-huh. <laughs> but with, uh, with that, it means it has the newest version of Android. Newest version of Android has a factory reset protection. So if you factory reset the tablet... 
you have to sign into the tablet or phone. Right. With the same credentials. Yep. That were last signed in on it. Yep. So the people can't steal um, your shit. So your stuff can't be stolen. Now, the fact that my wife and the people at the store trying to get around the fact that there was a Google account still logged in on it, uh, factory reset it before they talked to me. Oh, or shit. Yeah. Anything. Not good. Um, now, you can get around this by actually reflashing the ROM to the system. Yeah. But it can't have been factory reset beforehand. Boy. I so, tried reflashing this thing six different times. Oh, no. The last three times, with the tablet rooted in the bootloader. And you still can't get it And still it. can't get around it. That's crazy. Which means the store can't resell it. Well, that means that it's also basically junk it's at this brick. point. Yeah, it's junk at this point. That sucks. Uh, yep. suck. I mean, that that is, you know, that's a, I mean, I understand the protection behind it. I mean, honestly, uh, if some somebody stole your fucking tablet, it's going to be much, much harder for them to do a, yep. uh, a resale. But it also means it. that at this point, the only way for the tablet to be usable again is either A, if you were to send it into Samsung. Right. Samsung has a way. And they have a way that's not available to the consumer. Or said consumer who was logged into it actually has to like provide remove you that tablet from their account. Right. Which isn't going to happen. Because... Good luck getting that to happen. So, right. yeah. You get an email address, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just send an email to this guy. So I got your tablet. I'm going to need you to give me your credentials, please. <laughs> yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no. That's never going to happen at all. So uh, it's definitely made it. Uh, yeah, it's that sucks. Uh, that was definitely interesting. And you have to think about that five on five hours worth of my time. Yeah. I mean, at least you learned something, right? Um, that's Oh, I had a feeling when I saw it already been factory reset. Yeah. I had a feeling. I I kind of was talking to your wife about it, you know, on Facebook. Uh, and I said that if anything, a flash would probably be the last uh, last resort situation. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to be working. Yeah, I don't know. Um, bummer. Bummer. The dude. problem is you can't. With the tablet locked like that, uh -huh. you can't get true root access to it. Gotcha. So you can't even, if you were going to try to flash a custom ROM over it, you this can't is, do that while it's in this state. So this is actually, one of these tablets, I'm, I'm, I'm not really big on the hardware inside tablets, but the, uh, the storage is uh, soldered on storage, right? So, yes. And, I mean, had it been one of, this was a Wi-Fi only model. Right. Had it been the LTE model. Right. Where it's, I know. could have used the SIM card to trick it into a position where I could actually get into the tablet settings. Yeah. To remove the account. 
but it being a Wi-Fi only model. Well, yeah, there's, there's, there's a couple things that you could probably do. Um, but I'll talk to you about that afterwards. Yeah. So, but so anyway, that, that's like the most interesting thing that, that I did. Otherwise I was pretty, um, my, uh, my sleep (laughs) depravity has continued this week. We just we just have that moment where you just <laughs> stare at the table for a second and uh, and, and sigh. <laughs> about the yeah. only thing I did was I finished Zelda. Yay! Hey. I said, you know what? I'm not gonna sit here and shrine hunt and and Korok seed hunt any longer. Just finish it. That's how I felt. Um, just finish it. That's how I felt. Um, I was really surprised. To by how easy that fight with Ganon is. I tell like, you. Probably after you've over-leveled like crazy. Well, that's the, exactly. You end up with a bunch, you go in with a fucking load well, of weapons. That's and, exactly it. I actually came away a little bit disappointed. Like, you couldn't you, hear that based on, like, the number of hearts the person unlocked or anything. No. No. So, you know, if you've gotten the majority of the shrines which i did i basically un i basically got all of them except for the major tests of strength right which aren't that hard i mean those would be the they aren't that hard i just didn't they're they're harder than the boss i didn't yeah they really are (laughs) they really are because here's the thing all the bosses have a system right you figure out their system you can beat them uh it, seriously, I could beat this fucking game the second I picked up the Master Sword. Uh, like, kind of, yeah. I mean, you don't even have to have the Master Sword to be you know, to well, beat the game. No, the only reason the only reason I say that is because if you pick up the Master Sword, no matter how many hearts you've unlocked, whatever, uh, it will do max amount of damage against Ganon. Well, yeah, I mean, but you could so, use anything. You can but, use a fucking I mean, stick if you needed to. <laughs> you you could sit there with five hearts, go Korok seed hunting, put all of the fucking Korok seeds into your weapon inventory, max out your weapon in the inventory, go pick up a bunch of random shit, and go beat Ganon. Yeah. There's speedruns like, of people fucking doing this game in like, what is it, like five or ten minutes. Yeah. You know, because you can actually enter the castle right away. You can... Get through the fucking uh, first part of the story real quick. You have to yep. do your first shrines, the, and then the only the outside only, of that, the only advantage to uh, busting the divine beasts is that well, they knock Ganon down to his second phase immediately. Right, that's yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, if you can if you can power through the uh, you know both health bars, basically. Yeah, you know, then you could do it with you know just base equipment. People are doing it, like, with no fucking armor and fucking, like, an inventory full of sticks or whatever. Buy buy a bunch of... <laughs> you get an inventory full of sticks, you get in... You max out your inventory on arrows and just... Just go. Just go. Yeah. So, I found that part a little bit disappointing. I was like... <sighs> yeah. There's, that's the... I think that's the reason why the uh, uh, the Master Quest... Which is actually a DLC for uh, uh, for 
Breath of the Wild uh, came out, it kind of changes things up, makes things a little bit harder. It um, rebalances things. Yeah, and it does. I mean, the uh, you know the game is 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 a really good game, uh, but like you said, once you get you know once you get into it, and you know really over level, and you really don't feel like you're over leveling. You're you're doing what you're supposed to be doing in a Zelda game, which is explore and right. getting as many hearts as possible. But in the process of doing that, you over level. Now, aside from that. Though I really haven't started playing it again, because I spent a couple days just trying to get to work. As he pulls his fucking Switch out. As I pull my Switch out. <laughs> um, I did figure out my issue with uh, downloading The Witcher. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What is it? So, apparently, the... it wasn't the card specifically. Uh-huh. As much as it was... How long it was taking the game to download, uh-huh. plus the card's write speed. Ah, okay. You know, the larger the card, the yep. slower the write speed. So I put a 64 gig card in. And it downloaded. And okay. it actually doesn't look horrible. Okay. I was actually kind of surprised. All right, so I'm... Like go back out to the main menu and just play this. Well, I'm I'm just all I'm doing is just oh, okay. doing some you know I'm just walking yeah. around and just swinging but, the sword I a mean, little bit. The, the cinematic looks just as good as it does on PC. Now actual gameplay, not so much. It's I mean the gameplay looks good, but it's not. You know you're not getting full graphical out of well out of regular gameplay. So what I'm looking at here. Uh, is you know on you know on the mobile screen basically the 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 small screen on yeah. the switch. Uh, it's got a fairly decent uh, you know, FPS and it it looks fine. But so, can, of course, I'm not wearing my glasses. It's so. <laughs> about so it's a so here's the thing about the switch. Everything is still so everything on that screen is 720. Okay. That's what that screen displays, right? 720, it's running about 50 frames per second, give or take, a little bit. Um, okay. Plug it into the dock. And? Uh, it's a little bit better than 720, but it does run at a higher frame rate. Okay, so there's the quick access menu. That, that, that. All right. Uh, so the frame rate is kind of hindered by the display screen itself, but I mean, it's The Witcher. You don't need a super fast frame rate. Okay. No, no, it's it. Oh. it it's well enough. Yeah. It's you. You gotta get used to the controls, but the, it's well enough. So the controls, you know, with the Joy Cons, it's. It's playable, but it's not necessarily how I'd want to play it. I'd have to have a, you know, I'd have to have the Pro Controller. The Pro Controller is really a game changer. If you can find one, get one. Because even if you are playing mobile... I do have a um, wire Pro Controller. I don't have the wireless one. Yeah, if you can get the wireless Pro Controller, and even if you're on the go, you can use that wireless uh, Pro Controller but, with it. And it's... 
I know. It, you, you've got the Joy-Con little fucking holder controllers, and those are okay. The problem I have with the Joy-Cons themselves is the button placement is weird. It just feels it weird. It is. However, I would say try that now just for the fact that it is no i I mean slightly more friendly when you're not holding it right next to the screen okay it's it just needed to uh yeah it just needed to resync the controller since i disconnected them but i mean horses uh yeah so it's decent my the thing for me was with spring break coming up and I'm probably going to be, you know, for the first half of it, taking the kids around to places like, uh, like Discovery Kids Museum and other things like that. So for me, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. you know, it at least gives me something to do on the go now that I finish Zelda. Um, yeah. See, it's not bad. There are there is some lag going into uh, into the map and whatnot, but I mean that's to be expected. The switch isn't the most powerful thing in the world, so uh, it's it is allows you to game you know remotely, which or on the go, which is fine. Yep. Um, uh, I don't use my switch very much, even though I probably have a use for it. It's just uh, I, I I'm picky. <laughs> I'm incredibly picky when it comes to this, you know shit like this. Yes, you are. I mean, but that does remind me. This is perfect opportunity before I forget. What? Uh, oh, to give me back Zelda? I can return your game to you. Oh boy. So I was gonna say, put that on the shelf. I think we're in a spot to kind of transition to games. Yeah, man. I've got some stuff. You've got some stuff. Yeah, I've got I'm some in- stuff that's not old. Yeah, I do, and it's hey. amidst a lot of steep sleep deprivation, too. I mean... Um, it's just been that kind of week. But um, I haven't been able to fully commit to anything other than one game, and I touched on a few others, which I'll talk about. So, um, to touch on what I've been playing, I had a leftover $10 credit on the Epic Store from the winter sale, or yeah. whatever it was. And the people that made Mutant Year Zero made another game called Contagion 2099. Yep. Which is kind of a... It doesn't do it justice to call it a reskin of Mutant Year Zero, although there's a lot of similarities between the both games. And I liked Mutant Year Zero to begin with. Yeah. So you can play on Game Pass, right? Um, Yeah. So it's done with a kind of a paramilitary vibe. It's very kind of division-themed. Okay. Except the people are kind of like drones. They have these weird, like, pyramid head helmet type things. But you're basically activating people like drones and controlling a squad. Weird. Uh, but the weapons are very, like, modern day. Okay. But they all have, like, different names than modern day guns, so I guess for reasons. Probably because of licensing reasons. Yeah. So they, you know, created their own guns that are just basically rebranding of normal guns. Yeah. But it plays out a lot of the same. It's a lot of uh, surprise tactics. So the idea is to sneak up on an area um, and then set up ambushes, kind of like Mutant Year, Year Zero did. And then you've got different classes, and you can outfit them with mods. So, like, I have a guy that can jump several stories. I mean, 
Um, uh, I've got a guy do. that's got shields. Um, I've got a guy with like a silent weapon um, that I used to kind of take down roamers, basically. Right. And I've put about two hours into it. I've gotten through three missions. Um, super, super cool so far. Just didn't uh, with the sleep deprivation. It's been hard for me to focus on one game. Right. That's why so you've got a few. <laughs> yeah. I told you guys I'd talk a little bit more about Wilson. I did get it significant way into that game, so I'll say I've probably got about... You can look at my Steam stuff if you're listening currently. By the time you look at it, it'll probably be greater. Let's just say I'm about five hours in um, okay. to the main story. Um, story's pretty decent. Um, there's a lot of people talking about bugs, but I think that was prior to the 1.0. It's been in development for four years. Yeah, and there's it, still a few from what I heard, uh, but they're I've, not super game-breaking. I haven't run into any. Okay. Yeah, and so it's, it's mixed reports. It depends, really. I don't have, you know, I don't have the top-of-the-line system, but everything but the graphics card is pretty pretty streamlined. I mean, it's not a terrible graphics card, but, you know, it's... Yeah, the thing is, is that game looks good. I've got a good. 1070 is what I'm running it on, and I'm running it on a Mac settings, and it it is the best-looking ARPG out there. Yeah. It, it runs on Frostbite. Good. Um, but yeah, that game's pretty decent. I don't have enough to review it. I know I can tell you I'm playing a, basically a sorcerer. And now that I've kind of looked into it, there's a way to build a spell sword, which is kind of where I'm thinking I'm going to build this guy. You basically equip anything regardless of your class. You can unlock any spell you want. And those spells are typed to kind of the weapon types you're using. Right. So it's pretty unlimited in what you want to do. Yeah. It's... It's if uh, if Grim Dawn didn't have like the main classes, that's pretty much what it you know what it looks like. Um, I I've been uh, I I've been actually looking into uh, you know you know Wilson a little bit, but after playing Grim Dawn for as long as I did, I mean I put like maybe a hundred or so hours, and I mean that's not right. a lot for an uh, for an ARPG, but uh, it it you know, my problem is is I end up burning through a genre, and because a game is of the same genre, a new one comes out, I I have to start over again. And I don't know, if, man. If you if you play an RPG and you start back at fucking you know level one, some people find that fun. I don't. I well, can't. I'm like, I've already built all of this for this one character. I just... You, you and I have a lot of the same... Uh, same issue that Nos doesn't, and that is that we generally either get completely stuck in one genre for a while, mm-hmm. or we'll play one game in the genre, and then we're like, we can't get into another one. Right. Like, if it's too similar, I have to walk away. I have to play yeah. something else. Uh, like I, and I, and I cycle through them. If you look back at, you know, all the shit that I've done, you know, in just the past couple of years, it's been like a third person over the shoulder shooter, uh, fucking space ninjas. Then there's first person shooter with destiny two. And then I've got like, uh, you know, then I had fucking, you know, side scrolling with fucking, uh, you know, Bloodstained and Hollow Knight and Sultan Sanctuary. I was on that kick for a while. 
Uh, and then now I'm into fucking uh, a completely different, you know, type of game. You know, it's, and I spend like maybe a hundred or 200 hours of gameplay in a genre and then move on. Um, I, unless that, you know, unless the game has like, uh, an end game loop or some kind of progression, like, you know, destiny two had a lot of, you know, extra end game loop and progression shit that you could do. Uh, so I spent like 500 hours in that, you know, yeah. You know, it it really just depends on how how much or how you know how much I want to get into a game. But uh you know for me just dropping into Wolson even though it just came out in the 1.0 version, I, it's been on my radar for you know for a while, but uh I mean I I just spent so much time in Grim Dawn, I don't know if I can actually you know get into it. Yeah, it's just one of those things where you know what? I'm just going to say it. Yeah. Because Rusty, we've been doing this so long that Rusty can read, I almost shit myself face so well <laughs> that he just rolled with it. I gave him the alert face. It's like, it's like you know, when, when they see you in Metal Gear and he goes, <laughs> the fucking like, exclamation. The exclamation point just jumped up over my head. And my eyes got wide. And I said, in my head, I said, I'm about but, to ship myself on this podcast. I have to go. And I don't know how to communicate other than Rusty just read my body language. And I shuffled out of here and promptly evacuated my bowels. The bad part is, is it's like a Monty Python shuffle because he stops a couple times, look across the table, and, like, shit face, like, I gotta go. <laughs> this is this is the peek behind the curtain because the entire time I was talking, I was like, he was, he was in there fucking evacuating. <laughs> he, he said his last thing about Wilson, right? Yeah, I was like, I gotta make it through it. <laughs> that was like record time too. That was like I, five minutes. I mean, it doesn't matter. Was... It, it doesn't. It doesn't take very long when you're on keto. I'm just saying. I'm just. I lost <laughs> another pound. <laughs> but not. Uh, but yeah, Wilson. Um, I'll tell you. You know, I was actually shortening what I was gonna say. Yeah. It's like all that caffeine hit me at once, and it's like fuck. Uh, gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta go right now. But um, yeah. So. I'm going to play the basically your your right click is that right your left click is a stamina or mana charging ability so if it's a melee weapon like a dagger or sword or mace or something like that it charges your rage um if it is a spell style weapon it charges your mana and you have this meter that sits right in the middle and as you're charging your rage it it moves to the right so it's charging your mana that bar moves to the left and so you can multiclass or certain abilities that charge one of the other deals. So you could go back and forth between rage and mana with abilities, which is actually pretty cool. Um, so I'm kind of in the middle of researching what a spell sword build looks like. And you can respec with money and you do get money for breaking things pretty and much everything in that game. Yeah. Yeah. Loot abounds. Um, it has the teleport scroll just like all those games do. So you yeah. can just basically go back, sell your stuff, come right back, and I pick up everything because I can't not pick up everything. Uh, it's the way that game works. But regardless, um, so far, ran really fucking smooth, looks really fucking slick, seems really fucking cool. The environments seem pretty cool. They seem pretty varied. The enemies seem varied. Yeah. I'm not having any issue with it, and I'll probably play this for a while. Um, yeah. But I had to switch gears, 
And so talked about uh, Contagion and that. The what other game did I mention at the beginning? I forgot. I don't know. I don't know. Jason was supposed to be helping catch, keep I, track. It, it, <laughs> yeah, dude. What the fuck, man? We we pay you for one thing, man. We, one thing. Well, Rusty, we don't pay him. Oh shit. That's that's the problem. Oh oh shit. I'm sorry. I don't get paid <laughs> either. So. <laughs> Uh, I've been playing a little bit of, I, I went back to my comfort food, played more Battletech. Ah, of course. Um, played some more Mech Warrior, um, played some more Frostpunk. And then the game that I was able, that was sticking all yeah. week was this little early access title that is basically feature complete called Urtok the Desolation. Uh, okay. Um, really wonky ass name made by like one guy. Has the art style of Darkest Dungeon, as that's the closest approximation. Okay. Has some kind of gnarly art like that. Right. Very old god. Like um, hand-drawn stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it has a lot of different classes. It's a turn-based fighter that's fully animated. Um, and it does things in a hex grid. Every character has a certain amount of moves they have. You can level them up. You can give them different items. You can give them different wep- uh, weapon upgrades. But the idea is is that you're trapped. You are rescued by two people, which is the starting party you set up with, and you're searching in, you're in search of a cure, and you run across random events. So the random events could be Oh, there's this alchemist that's stuck in a cave, and he's surrounded by monsters. Go save him. It's very generic stuff. Right. But the combat is surprisingly tight. Um, a lot of things play off each other. Um, it's kind of hard to describe without watching a couple of streams. But suffice to say, everything's in a turn order. Your speed is w- based on your character stats and different things that you can do to increase your speed, which increases your turn order. Um the weapons feel really weighty and chunky when things die. They just basically explode. It's very low fantasy. So your priest that heals you, you drain his life to heal others, and he gets life back by you killing things. Interesting. Okay. So when you kill stuff, he gets some health back. It's a skill he has called Feast. And then you give your life away to somebody else. So you spend some portion of your life to give somebody a lot more. So like a block one hit ability that he's got called Aegis drains him of 40% of his life. Feast will give him about 30% back to, per enemy. But if you kill two enemies in one turn, you basically made it back. So you kind of use him to block hits, to give people life steal, or straight up healing. When you straight up heal, it's like 50% of his life will give them like... Uh, it's a set figure versus the percentage. So right. it'll give them like 200 health. Now that doesn't do much until you start stacking the shit out of his health. And then it does do much. So if he's a low health, 50% of his health transferred directly to somebody else may not be that much. If he has 500 health and the guy you're giving it to, you're a barbarian or you're what is it, marauder or whatever it is, um, has 1,300 health. That won't do. It's a drop in the bucket. Right. Um, but anyways, so, yeah, you find these items and you find mutations and you have resources which are flesh, blood, uh, life, and I can't remember what the other one is. But anyways, um, these resources used to barter with in different scenarios or straight up make medicine. It starts you off with a low amount of medicine. And every time you you can die twice. So if you die once, you're injured. If you die again, you're dead. And removed from the game. Oh, nice. Um, you're trying to get through four open areas that are randomly generated. 
and then you complete each of the events as you move every single day um, and that's how you level up your characters find loot find better equipment and then you got mutators and then your characters can mutate too so um, on one of the maps said so you attack these villages and they give you resources so like a resource bank so one of the resources is blood right uh -huh. so if I take this village I will get five blood a day right to make medicine I need 15 blood and 15 flesh which is one heal for one person okay so I take the village, they start providing me with a stock amount of stuff. It gives me the option of unsealing the village, which can be the positive or negative effect. Could be now all armor is being automatically eaten on every turn and you know will be stripped bare, but so is the enemy. Um, it could be that you there are werebeasts out and now you have a chance to be changed into a werewolf. It could be now there are vampires across the land. It could be you save some random guy when you unsealed underneath the town and now you have a... Uh, yeah, hunter. It could be all sorts of random things, but it's always just luck of the draw and what you get. I'm it's, still stuck on the fact that you know healing items require flesh and blood. Uh, what are these things made of? <laughs> it's uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but it's low fantasy. It's very kind of gory. So Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. Like there's no magic. Yeah, so it, it it feels like what you're describing is like almost a a Conan style, um, you know, uh, turn based strategy game. Yeah, and then the terrain has a lot to do with how things work. So there are barriers, right? You can smash with your shield into a barrier and stun somebody. Um, you can straight up flip somebody into a bunch of spikes and they auto die. I mean, so there are like spike pits and things like that across the terrain. So sometimes when you see the spike pits, you've got two different characters. You've got the monk who can flip somebody over his back and into those spike pits. You've got the spearman, which can lunge across two tiles and knock somebody one tile into a spike pit or into a wall. Uh, spearman also has extra reach, so he kills. He hits two things in a row for the same damage. Um, you've got a, you've got a uh, knight, basically, that can shield bash something two tiles. Um, into a wall or into a spike trap or into just something that's not that what you want. And then some of the different tiles like sand gives you minus 25 speed. When you get to minus 100, you're stunned. Um, oil does boiling oil on the map will do damage. Spikes, I mean, like regular spikes, will do damage. Some spikes do bleed. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's like a weird little game of Munchkin or something. It runs seventeen ninety nine. It's an early access, very feature complete. The only thing they plan on doing is fleshing out the story, quote unquote, uh -huh. a little bit, and adding a couple of extra classes at this point. But it's by one guy that might take quite a while. But it is not one of those early access games that's like missing a lot. It's just an early access game that's ready to go. Or an asset flip. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's definitely one hundred percent original assets. They're good. Um, probably made in Unity, but like it's just. I mean, it it's has, still a good tool. So it has a feel like Darkest Dungeon when it comes to the art style. It's just that weird, gritty. Like I said, some of the creatures look very old god. They're all very original creatures, and I really like the how weirdly cartoony and grotesque they are. Um, sweet. Um, yeah, it's just a really dirty but pretty looking game. I just. I've sunk 30 hours into it in a week. I mean, That's been my mainstay. And, and wow. that kind of game, you know, after... It's like crack. Like, you could... I literally got to a point where I knew it was unwinnable. I had captured a relic. There was a 
bounty hunters chasing me. I can only field six people on a on a field. I couldn't capture a village in the second area to save my life because all of the what do they call them? Um, Nigh beasts or something like that had were just crushing the fuck out of me, and I couldn't get enough medicine. So I was being chased by a horde of twenty-two enemies <laughs> to versus my six, and I said, "You know what? I'm done. I'm I wasn't prepared for this, but I'm okay restarting because I know it'll be completely different. Different, yeah. And yeah. I'm gonna get. I know I'm gonna learn from mistakes. I'm gonna start over and start a new campaign, and then see what I can do. And I'm, I know when I'm at the point of no return, I could just start over if I wanted to, or I could just see if I could survive through it. So it's kind of random in that way." Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you pick all your starting classes. Right. And you get to pick two items. So, I typically pick two good weapons for my main characters. Like, I have a, the Berserker. He does two hits per turn. Berserker. And he, I tend to load him up with um, items that give him health back based on his damage. Yeah. So, like a life leech, or there's one called um, that if something dies with Jason to me, I get 50% of the health back from whatever death blow I had. So he basically just continues to refill health. He's a fucking beast. Um, But if he gets surrounded, he's just fucking toast because he has no armor. But if you can one-on-one him or 1v2 him, he can just destroy shit. Um, But yeah. um, That sounds admirable. Urtok the Desolation, it would play on a Switch if it ever comes out for Switch. Um, It plays on Steam Link just fine. Um, Plays with a standing mouse just fine. It's turn-based. Even has a fast forward feature. Like if you hold down the right mouse button, it'll fast forward through enemy turns at like three times speed, so you can get through all of their turns really quickly. Sweet. Um, highly recommend. It weirdest rando shit that I found on the internet that I decided to pick up. Hey, it sounds like it would be. It's right up your fucking alley. That's the kind of genre that you like. So it's it's uh, dog friendly. Yes, yeah, it's dog friendly. Yeah. What I'm playing right now is decidedly not dog friendly. So I, I mean, I touched a little bit on uh, on this last week, but I uh, picked up Monster Hunter World on sale. Right? Oh yeah, you do have something to report about this. Yes. So, do you know how many hours? Uh, right now, somewhere in the ninety range, maybe. Um, and you did what? So. So I played through all of the Monster Hunter World story, which I'd already done before on the Xbox, right? So I was just basically redoing it on the, you know, on the PC. Um, and then I uh, decided that it would be time to pick up Iceborne. Uh, Iceborne is the expansion or the DLC or however you want to uh, look at it for uh, Monster Hunter World. And it is... Most definitely worth picking up. I it's been my crack for you know for a week and a half now. Um, I decided so I played uh, primarily played longsword when I was playing on Xbox. It just felt right, um, and when I tried other weapons, it just didn't didn't feel great. I didn't I didn't like how they felt. Uh, and I especially hated the bow guns when I was playing on Xbox. It's like the controls for switching through ammo and, yeah. uh, and, and stuff. It wasn't great for, uh, for Xbox. I just couldn't, couldn't get it right. And you need to be able to switch through all of your items very quickly, uh, on, you know, 
you know, in that game as you go along. So I said, keyboard and mouse, bow guns are basically like a third person over the shoulder shooter at that point. Uh, and I mean, it, it's a, it's targeting reticle. You aim down the sights and you shoot. It's built for keyboard and mouse, right? Yeah. I figured, fuck it. I'm going to give it a try. And I went with what I would consider the harder version of that by going with the heavy bow gun. Uh, just to add a little extra difficulty, what I really didn't know is it's easy mode. <laughs> it really is. Uh, he- a heavy bow gun really does. Uh, you can add a shield to it, which basically makes the heavy bow gun a really slow moving lance that shoots. <laughs> I mean, not, not a gun lance. That's a different thing, but right. you can block just about anything in the game. Uh, and the way that this, you know, this class actually, or this weapon class actually works for me is one of the, uh, one of the monsters I had problems with early on, specifically with, uh, with longsword was Diablos because he would always go under, you know, underground and then pop up and do a fucking charge right afterwards. Right. Yeah. Uh, and every single fucking time he went underground, I'd be like, fuck, I'm going to have to dodge and then I'm going to have to jump out of the fucking way. And it's a pain in my fucking ass. Right. The heavy bow gun. I just sit there and I continue aiming down the fucking sights. I don't move. I face where he's coming from and I just sit there with the fucking gun out. And he pops up under the ground, he hits the fucking shield, I go back just a little bit, take a little bit of tick damage, uh, but I can just go, can, you know, just continue on firing at that point. Don't have to really dodge, I don't have to fucking actually really move all that much, which is great because everything is super slow. When you are working with the fucking heavy bow gun, you are, like, it has the lowest movement speed in the game, but it has the highest dodge roll distance in the game. So you can, you can dodge, you know, dodge roll left or right forward and back. And it does cover a large distance. It's just really slow. It's like fucking swimming through molasses slow. Right. Uh, so out, you know, outspacing things is a little hard for uh, uh, for heavy bowgun unless you get the uh, the you know, get used to the slowness of everything. Like if I was to pick up any other weapon right now, the game would just immensely speed up. I I am so used to the slowest weapon in the game that if I was to pick up a hammer, it would feel like I'm moving fast. <laughs> you know. Uh, it also has probably the slowest weapon stow speed in the game. So you have to stow your weapon to be able to use items. Right. And to so, move sometimes. You know, and, and to and to move, you can actually, you know, run uh you know, at a decent speed without your weapon you know, weapon out. So you have to you know, you have to sheath your weapon. Uh, with the heavy bow gun, that is, you have to break the fucking weapon down and then, you know, sling it over your fucking back. And it's like a second and a half worth of, you know, commitment just to put your weapon away. 
so that you can use a healing item requires you to plan ahead a lot more. Uh, and it requires you to know the monster's moveset. If yeah. you know the monster is moving away or the attack is on your palico or on one of the teammates or whatever, then you're clear to put your fucking weapon away and drink a high potion or, you know, and try to get some health back. Or you just run like I do the vigor wasp on your palico and you're, you can sit there with the shield out, tank as many hits as you possibly can, and your palico will heal up all that chip damage so that you don't, you know, you don't have to put it away and heal. Uh, but what? I, so I chose this, this, uh, this weapon, and uh, I decided that I'm going to stick with it throughout all of Iceborne. Uh, and most of the base game of Monster Hunter World. I started off a little bit with the Switch Axe, uh, but moved over to the uh, Heavy Bowgun fairly early, uh, and uh, did it all solo. And and if you've ever played fucking Heavy Bowgun solo, you have a critical range. You have to have things at a specific distance for it to really do any damage. Uh, and solo, you are the, you know, with the exception of when your Palico takes, you know, uh, takes some of the aggro, uh, you are the only target that that monster is going to try to hit. Yeah. You know, so trying to stay at the right distance is really difficult with a heavy bow gun if you're the only person playing, and I did that solo. Completed the story for Iceborne. Uh, totally solo with the heavy bow gun, which is, I mean, it felt really good because goddamn, some of those monsters are hard as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> there are quite a few different things in, uh, uh, in, uh, Iceborne that, uh, that changes things up. So you, I mean, you played the original monster hunter, right? So yeah. And I started Iceborne and then just fell off for some reason. So uh, so you get the Clutch Claw, which is kind of a game changer. The Clutch Claw allows you to basically uh, attach to a part of a monster, and then you can do a weapon attack or a slinger burst at that, uh, you know, on the head. If you do a weapon attack, it uh, if you're using a heavy weapon, like I am with the heavy bow gun, uh, it has a little bit of a lead-up time for it to actually fire off, but once you do, it'll soften that hide, which gives you basically a new crit target to actually fire at. You do more right. damage to it. Um, and that is absolutely key for uh, for the heavy bowgun build that I'm using, which uses pierce, wimp, uh, pierce ammo. So I find the... Thickest, chunkiest, fucking you know part of the monster that has like the most mass to it, and I soften that so that when I shoot you know shoot the monster with the pierce ammo, it goes through that uh, that chunky part and does more tick damage as it goes through. Um, so I I find that that mechanic is really useful. Uh, but it also allows you to do a flinch shot, which basically you attach to a, a monster's head. And then you can use every bit of your slinger ammo, which is just basically stones you pick up off the ground or whatever, 
you fire it into the monster's head, and the, and that will send the monster running forward in whatever direction they're facing. And if they're facing a wall, they'll run directly into the fucking wall and knock themselves over. Wow. Does some damage to them, but it basically gives you a free knockdown, which allows you an opening for you to do a bunch of damage. Uh, it is a game changer. It, play, it changes how you approach a lot of different fights. Right. Um, there are quite a few different uh, uh, different monsters that was added with Iceborne. Uh, some unique monster, or some of the unique monsters which haven't been in a Monster Hunter world before. They've been in other Monster Hunter games, but this is the first time in world. Uh, and there is. Uh, one uh, one new Elder Dragon, of course. Monster Hunter World has to have something that's unique to it. Um, right. But there's uh, they've introduced variant uh, uh, variant monsters, which basically is the same monster model, but it has a different element and has a different move set. So. You know, if you remember, Palumus are basically the fucking, you know, flying mice that blow up their neck and basically turn into a balloon. Yes, I remember that. Um, there is a, uh, there's a nightshade variant of that, which is, uh, you know, darker in color, uh, like a black color. Uh, but you, uh, it when it breathes in, it fills its neck with sleep gas. So it will shoot sleep gas out at you. Uh, and does all kinds of different moves based around, you know, putting you to sleep and then punishing the fuck out of you for going to sleep. So it it hits real hard when you are passed out because it does, you know, does extra damage. Um, so you have to kind of plan around certain status effects actually applying to you. Um, the uh, Crimson Viper... Uh, Kidashi, you know, basically the 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 lightning squirrel. Yeah. Uh, so the lightning squirrel gets a bleed poison variant of it. So he will shoot fucking spikes out at you that will poison you. And if he hits you with it uh, with his tail attack, it can cause a bleed. Uh, he also has uh, paralyzing uh, saliva. So if he bites you, uh, he can paralyze you and fucking stun you in in place. It's like all of those different variants. Plus, he fucking, you know, like, you know, Kadashi flips around, does all kinds of fucking shit, jumps around the fucking, you know, uh, arena that you're fighting him in, does all that. Well, the uh, the Viper version of him, he, he, he does all kinds of moves where it's, you have to kind of watch your angles a little bit more because he will uh, he will attack you at angles. Uh, he'll do the whole flying squirrel thing where he jumps up into the air and it will look like he's going to be attacking you from this angle, but he'll then flip around or fly around behind you and then do an attack. So you kind of have to watch him, you know, uh, before he actually throws his attack at you. It's It adds extra shit, which... I mean, that was what was needed, right? You can't just make monsters stronger with more hit points and can one-shot you. It's just you have to add extra, you know, extra stuff. 
Now, the original versions and the variant versions coexist. So you have basically extra monsters that you can go out and get uh, and hunt. Which means the fucking, you know, the the gear pool basically expands to a stupid amount. Um, I have been basically dreaming Monster Hunter World since I started playing it again. And two years ago, I said that I wasn't done with this game, and I, I definitely meant it, because holy fuck, am I deep into this bitch. Are you going to go back now that you finish it? What? Uh, what do you, oh, you mean continue playing Iceborne after I finish it? Yeah. For sure. Um, there is, even after you, uh, you complete the story, you know that once the credits roll in Monster Hunter World, that's just basically the signal that Endgame has started. You know, you are now, uh, you're, you're now doing a gear grind and you're doing, uh, there are some monsters that aren't even available to you until you hit rank 99 with uh uh with the hunter's guild so master rank 99 is when you know things really kind of open up a bit more um and you gain access to even more of the monsters and then you get access to tempered versions of the original monsters and uh once you gain access to tempered versions then uh your decoration uh you know, your decorations increase. So decorations are basically gems that are really hard to fucking find early in the game. They're really fucking useful, uh, for making really high damaging builds. Um, they're rare, but the farther you get along, the easier they are to come by. So, right. uh, right now it's basically decoration farming. Uh, there is, uh, hunter rank farming, uh, master rank farming, uh, monster part farming, uh, you know, and with, uh, with Iceborne, there is a new end game mechanic. There's a new end game area. This might be interesting. Uh, I have only just kind of, you know, f- fucked around with it just for maybe a couple hours this morning. Uh, cause I just beat the game or, you know, just saw the credits roll on Iceborne. Right. Um, the new and you know new end game for this is a place called the guiding lands so once you beat the campaign you know beat the story this is a uh it is a map about the size of probably like the ancient forest map right yeah uh but in that map all all four of the base biomes exist. So you've got the desert from the Wildspire Waste, the forest, you've got the Coral Highlands, and you've got the Rottenvale. Um, all four of those biomes exist. And inside each one of those biomes, new monsters will con- continuously spawn. So... The idea is to track monsters with a special tracking for the guiding lands, hunt monsters in their biomes, gain as much research as possible by hunting and breaking parts and, you know, and finding shit and, you know, and gathering stuff in each one of those biomes to unlock new exclusive monsters to those areas. It also gives you the ability to call in monsters 
or lure out monsters, as they call it. Uh, so you can go into basically an expedition and continually kill monsters over and over again to get very specific rewards needed for endgame augmentations. And augmentations for the base game required stream stones, which a lot, you know, you needed to, you know, kill basically like tempered versions of things and, uh, and hope for a stream stone drop. What this allows you to do is it allows you to basically go and target the monsters that you want to target and get the materials that you need to be able to, you know, fully upgrade and augment your gear so that you can become even more powerful. I have only just started, just basically scratched the surface on this. So I imagine you'll be playing this in the next couple of weeks. Easy. Easy. Um, like I said, I was dreaming Monster Hunter. I mean, so it, it is, uh, it, it's got my full attention. And I definitely plan on playing it for uh, quite a bit longer. Might branch out. I might actually pick up the hammer. I've been looking at it. So, Jason, did you play anything new? Nope. Just Zelda. Just Zelda. Just Zelda. It's right. still, I mean, it's I a bit... I was feeling fairly accomplished that I got that finished. Hey, I, I would, too. That's a pretty long game. It is. That's... It's... That, Skyrim magnitude. And, and you just got, you know, you got the Wild Hunt finally installed on there. So now you've got another fucking, like, at least 80 hours. Well, you know? well yeah. now I'll probably go back to a little bit more Xbox until Spring Break. That's yeah. really what I got Wild Hunt for. Gotcha. Well, do we want to take a quick break? Sure. All right. We'll be right back. What's up? What's up? So, so um, we've got some some newsy things. Um, I spent <laughs> the yeah. Um, I've got really only one thing I really wanted to talk about, but it's something I've been experiencing firsthand, and I've been messing with it for the show. So, unlike the Google reviews, unlike um, I've been messing around with Project X Cloud. Oh boy! I'll tell you that. Um, so, if you guys look at our secret group and you see the little clip that they have that they're using for their phone, yeah. um, I found that exact clip for my f- controller and phone for seven ninety nine on Amazon. Uh huh. Um, super cheap. Um, works mm. pretty damn well, honestly. Yeah, it's just it's just a holder, right? Yeah. yeah basically, what it phone. does it it wraps around your controller and then it's got a a sizable uh, holder that's just like spring loaded that you just kind of pull out and then it just grips your phone uh-huh. and then it holds it in place in two positions. That's all you got. But it's got a little stand on the back so you can actually set the controller down and mm-hmm. and play it. Okay. Like it basically, so you see my position right here. Yeah, hands, you know, palm, you know. It's basically yeah. like the, the. Hands on the table. The butt of your hand or the butt of your palm, like right at the base of your pinky is what rests on the table only. With the controller partially resting on that, and then it's got a little kickstand on it. Eh. 
And it's fairly comfortable. It's not bad. It's not like, that's not how I end up playing it. It's, but, I mean, I was in, last night I was playing it, um, laying in bed, uh, with the dog cuddled up next to me snoring, and I was uh, dicking around. So what Project X Cloud is, is a streaming service that Microsoft is launching for Xbox. And it will stream to iOS and Android, and it's set for to stream to a tablet or a phone. And I, the phone I'm using right now is an S10e, so not the oldest, not the newest. Um, still fairly recent. It's not a real big phone, so the screen's a little bit small. Um, it fits my needs just fine. But um, right now on iOS, it only will stream Halo Master Chief Collection. That's it. That's all they got on iOS for the moment. Uh, well, um, It is a beta. It is something I had to set up. I don't know how far in or out of NDA I am, but I'm just going to talk about it. I'll forgive, ask for forgiveness later on this. I guess. Um but anyways, uh, I mean, the worst they can do is kick me out of the beta. Uh, they could do worse, but <laughs> yeah, it's. Could. I mean, but all you're talking a, about is is uh, is the feature, right? and I so, don't think that they're gonna kick me out for being no. nice about it because I actually have quite a good a lot of good things to say about it. Um. So, anyways, I got the deal, and then there's a lot of games right now on the cloud, so on their cloud collection that are games that are not on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. So I tried out Rad last night, which is another one. I Ace Combat's on there, which is also not on Game Pass. Um, two games I actually wanted to dick around with a little bit. Um, and I was really just sampling games. I just wanted to test out the feature of what it did. Right. I was firing up the game, playing through like 10 minutes or so to see how it would work. And I was playing it at work. Um, and yeah, I will say... Yeah. And <laughs> at work on... I have... On my cell phone plan, I have, like, the low-res version of unlimited data. I was already cheap. Before, I only had four gigs total. Right. And then I uploaded or upped it so that me and the kid could have unlimited internet. Um, but I didn't put it on the HD thing because I've got a kick-ass internet connection at home, and most of what she does is on Wi-Fi anyway. Right. Um, and she's actually used to that at this point because uh, she had limited internet before on her old phone. So um, on the unlimited slow internet that I have... Um, he runs okay. Um, I'll, I'll say that. I was on playing mobile. dark. Yeah, on mobile. On mobile. Uh, mobile networks. Mobile network on a slow setting on the cheap package. Um, it's basically what it is. It's running full speed on the server, and I can see what's going on. But there's a shitload of screen t- melting, is what I would call it. Like pixelization looks kind of like melting. It, it kind of like it. It kind of wipes the screen from top to bottom. Almost goes it like goes white for a second, and then it will like load in the uh, uh, load in blocks of the image. And it's like, but it's, it's not like, the. It's like looking at porn from like the early internet. That's what it, I would. No, it's not that bad. But it's playing full motion remotely, so and getting your input remotely. Um, I'll tell you what it did do. So I was playing Dark Siders three. Uh huh. Yeah. Did that for about 30 seconds, and then it cleaned up, and then it played pretty normal. Um, I played it on the shit Wi-Fi from the hotel that's right next door that doesn't know that I steal their Wi-Fi constantly <laughs> and have been for years. Whatever. Their guest network. It's The bar is literally like 100 right feet from where I'm at. Yeah. I don't think so here. Yeah, you just sign in, and I used to use it for all sorts of shit. Um, anyways, I'd catch up my Amazon Music or whatever and yeah. download a few songs. There you go. So, um, anyways, that, 
that actually works very well. Um, th- depending on the speed of the network, it's the frame rate that you have. So Darksiders with that, and I couldn't tell if this was part of the console port or not, would run probably about an estimate 30 frames a second on their Wi-Fi yeah. and about 45 to 50 on my Wi-Fi here, which is way faster. Right. Uh, mine averages any four to 500 megabits per second on my Wi-Fi, and theirs is probably averaging about 50. Right. So... Um, that's fast for hotel free Wi-Fi. Yeah, it's not <laughs> so, too bad. So, um, yeah, there's definitely a big difference in that. I've played Gears Five on the hotel Wi-Fi, um, which I'm in the perfect test spot for something like this because even though I don't, I'm not like going all over the place. I'm testing it on hotel Wi-Fi, right? Which is exactly the use for something like this in my yeah. head. Um, and I'm liking it. It's. I've got one of these little clips that, like I said, it cost me about seven and a half bucks on Amazon. Um, clip my phone on it. I my controller sitting in my drawer at work. I forgot it, so I was just showing them the intro to. Uh, if you guys remember, Dead Island had that "Who do you who?" It's "Who do you voodoo bitch?" Yes, that stupid song. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh stupid. God. Yeah, but kinda, fucking catchy. I was about to probably, say it's kind of catchy. Probably the you know like. The best part of that game for me. Oh, I love that game. You're just well, you just say zombies. Not only that, it's it was basically like, zombie Skyrim. You Meh. Meh. you loaded the game and that started, and you're like, "What did I get into?" This has to be like the best opening song to a game. Like, I uh, honestly, I disagree, but it's not quite my style. However, it is catchy as shit. It, it's catchy. It makes it, and I, and I understand that. And and what I guess Granted, the, some of that was probably the fact that really caught me off guard when I first loaded that game. Yeah, and yeah, the whole game really disappointed me. So <laughs> I really, but that's, me and that's Trent aside. Played the fuck out of that. Game. I know, I know, but I mean, the Old, marketing for that was way better than the actual game. So uh, yeah, but it led into dying light. I'm. I'll, I'll give it that. Dying Light is and, good, and Dying Light is definitely you know is one of the very few zombie games that I'll actually enjoy. It's a it's a hell of a game. It's one of the best melee fighters out there. Yeah, um, parkour. It's yeah. It's like parkour with mixed with. Oh, really? Yeah, she talks. That was a uh, Lola Bean. Yes, it's the most adorable thing ever. You know what's funny? And it's like total sidebar. When I get home, she runs and jumps and then, like, does the hug thing, and then she uh-huh. does that in my ear, and it's fucking adorable. Oh, yeah. We both aroo together. <laughs> and she just got up, like, visited everybody, went back to, you know, laying down. Yeah. Good dog. So, um, yeah, I, Project xCloud, I'm really excited to be a, a beta tester for this. Um, I will continue testing it out, and when I've done, I'm actually going to probably play a game on here, like fully get through something. Uh-huh. Things, notable things that I thought that was really cool is, so I have a save with Devil May Cry 5. It didn't quite stick with me because of one particular character. Um, the character that controls beasts is a little bit boring. Okay. Um, but I have a cloud save on that, and I... Could just hit continue. In fact, when I was trying out Gears 5, I was like, what save do I have? And I hit just hit continue. And I realized it saved at the very last fight of the game. And so it was that. 
Okay. Um, it, so it pick, basically picked up a game that I had been messing around with five months ago and let me just pick up where I left off and save whatever. All my progress was there. Everything that I unlocked was there. Yeah, if you save it to the cloud or if you have... Well, and I didn't specifically say you have to save to cloud. It was just my save game. This was nothing I set up on purpose. These are all just save games. Right. Well, I and mean, Xbox just automatically, automatically does yeah. it. Yeah. And I, I'm very impressed with it. Like I said, especially on Wi-Fi, works fucking great. The little clip works great. The controller usually pairs when it's not dead. Dead. Yeah, which is it's the only controller I have here is pretty dead. Dead. Um. Yeah, Project X Cloud, so far, pretty fucking cool. Um, I'm really impressed impressed with uh, just the the tech of it all. Like, there's a couple of things, like minor things, that I think they need to think through. So, for their version of a mobile thing, right, I think they need to think about text size because these games weren't meant for a handheld. So, I'll give you an example. I was playing Rad because I was curious about that game. Uh-huh. And the text size, like, none of the characters really speak. They speak in Simish. Oh, yeah, yeah. So... There's text below it. You can enlarge the text size in the game, but I still have to get pretty fucking close to the screen to read it because already kind of blind. And so I was trying to see if there was like some kind of like blind people mode, right? Right. I was looking to see if there were any, uh, you know, what do you call those? Just extra, just you know, like subtitles. under the colorblind. Well, you know, like looking under all that stuff. I was just looking for bigger text. Found bigger text, but it wasn't big enough for a phone screen. Gotcha. Yeah. It was, you know, I mean, especially like stream from anything that I have in my library. Yeah. Like I just load up something, and especially with everything being downloaded, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a chunk of my games that are that way. Like I thought about, I've got Left 4 Dead 1 on downloaded to my Xbox One X. Like that could try an Xbox One, Xbox regular game and see if it streamed. Yeah. I don't know. Just to me it's a game changer. It's if they get oh, this yeah. working, this is basically like their version of a Switch. You can't play it offline, but most of the use cases for it would be travel. Know, travel, right? Or I don't want to bug somebody on the TV right now. Let me just play it on my phone on my controller. Right? Or you've and got then, a decent work network that allows you to do that shit on the break. I mean, yeah, and I mean, there have been certain times where well, we play it's not, games on your break, guys. Not, not now, but there was a time where I had a bunch of stuff on Bluetooth or not Bluetooth, duh, on Wi-Fi at work, um, where I was allowed to do that. They had a specific network set up for just basically guest access at work, um, for certain work groups. I mean, we'll for have... my it was for my laptop. I mean, there's a specific network I can connect to for a Minecraft server if I wanted to. I, I mean, understand. when I used to work in the building that J- Jason works at a long time ago, I used to work overnights and play well, but that was not allowed. I mean... I was working overnights. Sure. Nobody fucking cared. Right. Uh, but just, anyways, uh, Project X man. Cloud, I don't want to speak anymore about it. I'm going to continue to dick around with it. Yeah. I'm going to find a game... Uh, I'm interested in Plague Tale. It is on on Game Pass anyway. Right. Um, I might. That seems like a game that might play out well on that. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about playing Vermintide on there, but I was like, eh, it's no longer in Game Pass, and I won't be able to save my save across platforms. True. The 
uh, Plague Tale would probably be good. It would give you a good uh, good sense of how detailed things can get, because that game can get fairly detailed. Oh, did you play it? No, I've only uh, I've only dicked around with it for a little bit, but I, I can't say that I've played it. But um, uh, but I can s- say that from what I saw, it can get pretty detailed, and you. You know, you might run in some of the text issues, especially if you use subtitles. I, I use subtitles on every game, so I do on most games. Uh, it's, it's just I I find it's not necessarily that I can't hear. Um, it's that sometimes some shit is mumbled, and I'm like, what What the fuck did you just say? Uh, and you know, I, I just get I I got used to reading everything. I mean, I could play something really fast like Ori. You could, and that would get... And I thought about playing, so this is an epic game, uh-huh. uh, Journey to the Savage Planet. Yeah. The Hellblade's on here. I could play Hellblade, but I've already played that. Um, You can, um, uh, if you play Ori, I'd give Ori a try, because what that will do is it'll give you an idea of what the uh, input lag would be. There's Destiny on here. <laughs> uh, I'm a little over Destiny, especially considering the, the, the latest... Update from Bungie says that next season they're basically changing everything that's good about the game and fucking nerfing everything that was, you know, usable into the fucking ground. So, does uh, Ori have an intro? Uh, Ori, mm, kind of not so. Um, I mean, like, not an intro movie, and you have to start the game. So you start the game and it'll have an intro like story uh that plays through. So uh you could you could try that, but I would use uh I I would go and uh use Ori specifically just to see what kind of input lag cuz that game is very tight when it comes to jumping. Yes. Um, and going through the uh, some of the first jumping puzzles will definitely tell you whether or not there's. Yeah, you you definitely have to be on your A game there. Well, I mean, it's it's not Hollow Knight bad, but it's pretty bad. Why are you so cute, dog? Yes. All right, down. So. Um. Something else I think's uh, pretty significant. Um, as everyone probably remembers, uh, Nintendo announced uh, um, during summer last year that they moved development of Metroid Prime Four back to Retro Studios. Yeah, what do they got? Um, and Retro's been uh, hiring. A development team ever since, right? Right. So they uh, they previously hired uh, Stephen Dupree, who was the lead developer for like Super Lucky's Tale and Donkey Kong Country. Right. Um, well, they hired another Playful studio uh, designer uh, because Playful's kind of in a restructuring at the moment. Right. Um. So uh, they hired Mark Capers, and in addition to, they also hired. Uh, get my scroll to work. I left my, I forgot my mouse at home, so I'm using my phone, and it's 
Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I hate touchpads. <laughs> and he's using a touchpad. And I'm for using a touchscreen. Um, what an idiot. I mean, James Beach, who was uh, one of the primary designers on Crisis 3, DC Universe Online, and Eternal Darkness 2. Okay. Um, uh, was also hired. So they've got a, uh, pretty strong, uh, pretty strong amount of designers, including Bill Vandervoot and Jay Fuller, who were on the original development team for the Metroid Prime series. Metroid Prime needs to be good. Yes, it does. Um, so, but, um, they uh they also recently hired uh art director uh Yanni Lung Lungstead, uh who worked on Mirror's Edge and Battlefield Five, so Yeah. It's I mean it's been we'll, a we'll see what happens. It's been a minute and uh, a whole uh set of console generations since Metroid Prime actually was uh, brought out. So there is, uh, there's some catching up to do. Um, and I know that the, that they're going to do their best. Uh, Nintendo's going to keep them yeah. to a pretty high standard on this one. Yeah, that has to be a high standard. Um, uh, it needs to succeed because there was a significant amount of hype when they first name dropped it. Uh, was it a couple of years ago? Yeah, it's been a while. Um, and it was the second reason why I picked up a Switch. And the whole reason why I still have a Switch uh, is I'm waiting for some of the iconic games to come out. I I'm think not a Smash Metro, person, so... I think if Metro drops, I'll probably finally buy a Switch. Yeah, well, I mean, um, Metroid is is definitely one of those things, and you could always borrow my Switch. I mean, honestly, between... You know, between you know all the other shit that I'm uh, I'm doing, I'm mainly PC anyway. If there's a, a Switch game that I want to play, I'll play it, and then you can fucking borrow the whole goddamn console if you want to. Uh, I'll yeah, I'll even give you the fucking dock. You just need to make sure that you're. Uh, oh, I have uh, to put it up every night. <laughs> yeah, you make sure that you take care of that shit. Um. Yeah, if you don't notice, uh, everything is in drawers. I know. Your house is the cleanest it's ever been. Because, <laughs> I mean, you, know, you kind of have to cable manage when yeah. you've got a fucking, like, Tasmanian devil for a dog. I mean, you know, the current the current method at this point is she's learning how to unwrap presents. And what I mean by that is I've got a lot of cardboard boxes in the garage, and I remake the box. I dropped three different shaped Kongs with peanut butter, loaded it up in that box, and then I put it right in the entryway as I leave. She takes the box, unwraps it, and then eats the Kongs, but it takes her a minute to unwrap it. And sometimes she just gets it frustrated and chews a hole in it. But a lot of times I come back and the flaps are open and the Kongs are gone, and I know that she unwrapped the box. Wow. That's that's something. I mean, you have to control her somehow, right? So um, it's been working. I'm, I'm three days destruction free, uh, just out some peanut butter. Well, and I'm I'm okay with that. And much, some, some much rather buy a fucking jar of peanut butter than uh. Oh yeah, I was uh, I got some like some organic peanut butter for her for like three bucks. Oh, you're so cute. Why do you have to come up in my face though? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um. She, she got she's, her second wind. It's it's almost midnight. 
She's hitting me in the freaking throat. Uh, that's my earbuds, doggy. All right. There we go. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm optimistic, but uh, I need to see what they're going to do with, uh, you know, with Metroid Prime. They definitely have to make that game right. Uh, and for it to run on the Switch, I mean, it... Uh, I'd be happy with it. I'm. I'd be happy with pretty much any Metroid game that they came you know, that would come out for the fucking Switch. You know, give me something that is uh, an underutilized IP. I believe. You know, people are you know clamoring for that shit. So, yeah, yeah. You got more? Tell no, me more, man. Tell me more. I feel like those are both pretty that's, good that's stories. Pretty much what I mean. There was a, you know, a little bit of an, an, an announcement about Boulder's Gate, but there wasn't an exact date attached to it. They're still saying Just sometime this year, this year, right? Yeah, yeah later this year. <laughs> um, there's not really We're much in that... going on. We're kind of in that lull well, where there's not a lot of, like, new or big breaking news so yeah it's kind of hard to really find something that's really topic worthy yeah once we hit to the uh once we hit the spring release season once you you know get into doom eternal uh, march april you know may you know you know situation well, the closer you get to um all of the pack shows starting yeah yada, yada that's where and you're really looking at March, April before you really start getting into all yeah. that. So. You, you get, uh, you get, you know, the bigger releases that's been kind of promised. You've got the, uh, you know, you got Doom Eternal, of course. You got the Final Fantasy VII remake, which is going to be under a fucking magnifying glass, I'm sure, by you know, you know, people from our generation. And that's out uh, in like three weeks, right? Yeah, it, it's it's coming out fairly, you know, fairly soon. Um, uh, and I'll pick it up. I'm, I mean, that's, that's one game that I've been looking forward to for fucking. What console? Know, uh, the only one that works. The PlayStation. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to dust off the PlayStation, even though it's not going to, you know, it, it's not a pro. It's not going to look great. Wish I could play it on PC, but alas. Um, you have to wait like a year and a half. Right. Uh, but. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be one of those uh, those games that if they do it they they have, they have to do it right. If they don't do it justice, <laughs> the internet's going to rebel. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're walking a pretty tight rope with that. Yeah, uh, well, uh, I've seen like the comparison. So they released the. Uh, uh, the opening cinematic, right? And the opening cinematic for Final cinematics Fantasy don't mean shit with and, and I and, and I get that, but the whole point of this was is the original. Uh, there was, you remember when the PlayStation Four first came out? They had a tech demo, which started this whole fucking thing. By the way, the tech demo for the PlayStation Four was the opening cinematic for Final Fantasy VII, just uprised, right? It was right. it was redone. Uh, using the PlayStation 4's engine uh, or PlayStation 4's graphics processing. Um, and that's what started this Final Fantasy VII remake thing going anywhere. 
right? They did a side-by-side comparison of the original Final Fantasy VII on the PlayStation and the PlayStation 4's thing, uh, you know, when they were doing the tech demo, and it was basically almost frame for frame, right? Uh, They did a very similar thing. I I saw it on the internet, you know, just a couple days ago of the Final Fantasy VII remake and the final, uh, the original Final Fantasy VII, and it's not exactly frame for frame. Uh, there's some things that are different as far as how the characters move, obviously, because uh, you're looking at fucking Marshmallow Men on one side, and you know, uh, fully, fully, you know, fully rendered character on the other. Um, but as you know, as far as timing for the events and the you know, uh, in the the cinematic sequence. Pretty damn close, um, which uh, which which tells me that they're you know they really were looking at the source material and saying how can we make this better with uh, with modern tech. Uh, so change the battle system, which I don't feel like that's better. So the battle system is probably the most controversial change. You know, you know to be huge change. Uh, to be completely honest, you know, the active battle system is probably uh, just a sign of the time. Uh, whereas, you know, turn-based, uh, the turn-based system from back then was what the machine could do at any one time. It could only render so many things at the same time. You right? know, and then spawned a hundred games that I like. <laughs> well, there, there's that. But uh, the uh, you know the, the the way that Final Fantasy VII remakes combat looks is it kind of looks like a, co- a combination between the two of uh, Final Fantasy VII's you know characters and move set and Final Fantasy XV's co- you know like flu- you know more fluid active combat. Um, and I don't know. I didn't necessarily really enjoy 15's combat, but it so had a flow. I, I stopped playing it, honestly. Really? Yep. Uh, the whole I mean, reason I stopped playing it, I got bored of the combat. There was no strategy. Yeah, the strategy was in how you set things up for later when you auto-battled. Uh, and then you just spam supers. Pretty much. Um it it felt it's a lot like AFK Arena, which is something I'm playing right now on my phone. Uh, which is literally all you do is just spam your supers at the right time, and it's like a little thirty second battle. Yeah, basically Final yeah. Fantasy fifteen <laughs> in a nutshell. Yeah, which is um, why it bores the fuck out of me. Yeah, no, it's it it looks interesting. I I can't wait for you know for that one to uh, uh, to come out so that we can either you know sing its praises or throw it in the fucking dog shit pile. Um, I'm hoping it's good because, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it is It is basically, I'm going to play it with nostalgia definitely in mind because I played through the original fucking Final Fantasy VII like three, four times, 100 hours oh, each. Yeah. Easy. That's also back when you didn't have money. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> that was That was like six lawns mode. Uh, no, back then it cost like eighty bucks for that fucking game. Well, I mean, so yeah, it was it was still like six months mode at twelve bucks a piece. Yeah, I earned that bitch. 
and I played the fuck out of it. All right, I think I I, I think we ought to wrap this up before Lola the Wonder Dog decides that uh, that she wants to steal the show. She's already basically mountain climbing over there. <laughs> right, yeah, she is. So, uh, where so can you find us with that. Find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and twittercom tiltcast. We're on iTunes and Spotify. Rate us, review us, and our YouTube channels, youtube.com slash realtiltcast. And friends, friends of the show, you've got nocorders.net. Yeah. You've got Cabbage KBG. Cabbage. You've got Pupcast. You've got <laughs> Picking Up the Pixels. <laughs> and you've got uh, BMFCast.com, bad motherfuckers, and TVGP.TV. They do amazing things, and they don't have a Lolo. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace. Thank you.